Alex. So hi everyone, welcome back to Weekly Business Podcast by Ruhi. So today I'm joined by Kevon. So hi Kevon. Um, I wanted to kind of dive deep first. In in your book, you had mentioned a bit about a run at an early stage startup. So what was that kind of pivot and shift from going at going at it at a startup angle to now becoming a creator so what's your take on that hey Rahi, thanks for having me here so hi everyone my name is kavan uh you're right i was in startup all my career basically for like eight years and i became the jack of all trades so i can do a bit of everything uh, but my latest experience with startup is that I was running a funded startup, so I had investor, not not like VC back, but like angel investors, and it was a very different environment because you know with investor you need to coordinate, you need to communicate, you need to look at their priorities as well, and you know after eighteen months I just decided I couldn't do it anymore because I couldn't get the growth we wanted with the money that we're burning, and. It doesn't make sense to keep on going, even though if someone wants to put more money in, we we can do that. But it doesn't make sense to me to just like keep running like that. So I took a break and decided to start reading online. And suddenly, a new world opened up to me that hey, actually a lot of people are running online businesses, creating things online, and that was like a new moment to me. So I've been bootstrapping for the last eighteen months, and. It's just a very different experience because I don't have to answer to anyone but myself and the people I serve. So I can really just you know give two hundred percent to every single person I met on the internet, and people can feel it. Like when I'm helping them out, I I I know that they can feel my um my my approach. Yeah, which is very much nothing about sales, nothing about. Uh, promoting stuff. It's just being who I am and trying to help, and that will lead to something else. So it has been a really fun journey. I think the biggest takeaway for the audience today is to give your two hundred percent. So I'm curious to hear what's your take on this kind of shift nowadays that we're seeing of a lot of these entrepreneurs like Ankur Wariku, Raj Shamani, and all these kind of people becoming creators now. So what's your take on that, and what do you envision for the future of this? Well, I think. There's a trend that we're seeing, right? Like every individual has actually a lot of power and influence on each other. In the past, it is always the business, the company that is doing things. But now, like one person can change everything. Like one person posts a tweet, like Elon Musk can can affect like millions of people. But it doesn't have to be at that scale, right? Like I have like a 12k following. Some people have like a three K following on Twitter, and you can already make a lot of things happen. I I don't think you need a big following. What I think is you need the right people around you, and even at I would say one K, one thousand people around you, you will be able to like discover a lot of problems to solve, and as I said, serve the people, help the people out, and grow from there. So I know a lot of people they first aim for ten K followers. And then figure out a business. I don't think that's the way. It should be six hundred, get to six hundred, with like-minded people, and then start figuring out. Awesome. So I think the biggest takeaways today were you don't need a big following to start monetizing, and you should already start serving the people. 
from whatever level of you know following you're at you should always have this serving mindset and you should always be selfless like how i've seen you and how i've seen arvid do and you guys are great examples of that so i wanted to kind of understand from you how do you kind of start finding your voice on twitter oh wow that's a very good question because i think it's a very deep question like when i first started online um I had a blog, you know. I wrote like maybe one blog post a year in the past, so not very active. And I didn't use social media that much; only Instagram for my personal life.、Um, but I actually spent a lot of time in the first three months to understand who I am. And I'll tell you the process here. So, the first eight weeks, I told myself, "Hey, I will just write one article each week about whatever I want." Um, anything that I'm learning, anything from my failure in the past, anything I find interesting that I'm learning, I would summarize and put out in a blog post. So after eight weeks, I can look at the list of articles, the eight articles, and I could see like what I naturally write about. So I remember I was writing a lot about my ups and downs as an entrepreneur. Um, how we did user research, how we failed because we didn't understand the people we we're serving, and then there were like one or two blog posts about like productivity, about、um, fighting decision fatigue, something like that. So at that point, you know, I don't find my niche, but I just kind of go with my heart and look back and analyze what I put out to understand. What I just naturally love to do, so that was really helpful. And then、um, I was a little lucky because when I stumble upon build in public, I instantly think it resonate with my life principle very well. Like integrity, honesty, transparency, helpfulness. These are all the things that I do anyway in my real life. So when I stumble upon the topic, I knew maybe this is something I should. Do and I I think I can talk for like twenty years and I wouldn't get bored of it. So I think for those of you who don't have a topic or a niche yet,、um, it's about just exploring different topics and then keep asking yourself like, are you natural talking about this topic? Can you see yourself talking about it for many years? And if one day your answer is yes and yes, I think you found yourself something. Yeah, those are some fabulous frameworks, and I think the biggest framework you've shared today is finding your voice as kind of a way of you naturally finding what you're interested in talking about, and that kind of natural expression. So I wanted to kind of get your take on、um, any building in public frameworks, and who did you learn building in public from? Any framework for building in public? Yeah,、um, you know. I know nothing about building in public when I first started. I told you I stumbled upon the term,、um, and it's actually something that has been around for many years, right? It's not something new, but I was doing a lot of research. I basically Google search, read every single article I can find on building in public. I went on Twitter, track down all the posts that tag building in public, and check out what people are doing, and I. Sort of just understand what it means, and I present myself 
like present the learnings in a free guide that I gave out to people. I think some of you might have seen it, the Building Public Definitive Guide. Um, so I think that was kind of my learning process and know more and more about the topic. It's through a lot of research and thinking. Um, but I'll be honest with you, after six months, no, actually, no, after four months, I ran my first course and I just put together a group of people to learn building public from me. And I was so nervous because, you know, I'm new to the topic and who am I to teach people that topic? So there was a lot of like struggling moments for me to teach a course like that. Let's be honest. But only until maybe 12 months in, ever since I launched that guide, like it takes me 12 months to fully grasp the whole concept and develop my own framework around it. And then now I can just like hop on a call and talk about it nonstop. But it takes 12 months talking nonstop about a topic to get there. So, but anyway, like a lot of people, I, I know you just talked to KP uh, the other day, Arvid, like all these people are talking about building public nonstop and in many different ways. And that's also helping me to kind of talk about it as well, because the, the theory itself is actually not that hard, but we just need to give more examples to people so that they can figure out their own way to get started. Yeah, you shared an excellent point, and I wanted to kind of bring it back to how you discussed about talking about a topic nonstop can actually help you to imbibe the learnings. So my next question is, so how do you kind of build word of mouth for yourself on Twitter and how do you leverage Twitter? Yeah, so you're kind of getting to my book, Find Joy in Chaos, because I... Actually, we were talking about finding our voice, right? You know, a lot of Twitter resources out there, they would teach you how to get followers, how to get likes. And the reason why the first half of the book is all about yourself and bringing your real life self to online is that if you just keep chasing followers and likes, you get burned out and you still feel like you didn't achieve anything. The only way to find joy on Twitter is actually to understand yourself. So your your question is like, how did I kind of build my presence on Twitter? It was quite systematic, I would say. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say like I'm an expert in it from day one, no. But I think my failure as an entrepreneur for so many years have allowed me to understand, hey, to build something from scratch, it takes time. So I should focus on the right things instead of the short-term success things. So for example, um, the first three months of my Twitter, uh, the first three months of my Twitter journey, I didn't really think that I'm an expert on anything. I just focus on making friends to try to get my followers to 600. So why do I keep saying 600? The reason why is I think 600 gives people an image of, hey, you're a real person. You're gonna stick around because you are, you're not a new account. And 600 means you probably have to make like 50 really close friends to have a 600 follower. And I actually care more about the 50 close friends because these are the people who, you know, when you launch something, when you ask a question, they would be the people who jump in and help out. 
and that creates like a snow snowball effect. So I was really focused on that in the beginning, and then you know just keep listening to people. You know, I I still go on Twitter all the time, and I see a lot of people just keep talking, keep talking, keep talking, sharing like with what I call wisdom bomb, sounding like an expert. It's really not the way to do it on Twitter. Like for for me, I was coming up with a project, the Building Public Guide, and I was getting my audience involved in the process, asking, "Hey, who want to be a beta reader? Who wants to um, uh, take a look at my reading and give me some feedback?" The only way to grow is to actually involve them in the process. So you're working with them. At the same time, while you're building whatever you're building, that is the way—not just nonstop talking and tweeting wisdom bombs. So I think that was the most helpful thing to my early journey. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic point you brought up about how the only way to grow is through collaborative experiences. And so now I wanted to kind of discuss about your public lab. So could you share a bit about what that's about and what you have going on over there? Yeah, sure. So something I didn't tell you is that I spent six months making zero dollars online because I wanted to just give and give and give to build myself some credibility, some reputation in、uh, reputation in the space. And public love was really born after six months、um, when my wife came asking, "Kavon, when are you gonna start charging people? <laughs> you have made zero dollars so far." How do we know this is working? So, I decided, hey, okay, now it's time to find a way to monetize, to make myself some money so I can sustain myself and my family. And Public Lab is just, you know, a name, a brand that I came up with that would become the the one place that hold all the things I have to create, like courses, content. Uh, now books, of course, and also community. Actually, my first、um, monetization. Actually, my first way to monetize is to create a paid community. But I stopped、uh, working on it three months later because I realized I'm not that good at running a community. So I'm much better at teaching people in like a course environment, and that is something that I need to do it to find out about myself. So yeah. Up till today, Public Lab is kind of like a suite of everything under my brand. Yeah. What's your take on cohort-based courses and kind of these community-based courses that are coming up? Yeah, sure. Because I've been running it for a year now. Actually, my first course was last May, May two thousand and twenty-one. I think.、Um, well, obviously, we all know that cohort-based course is. A great learning environment because with peers doing it at the same time and in a short time frame, a lot more can happen. Like people are gonna be more accountable. Hey, let's do this.、Uh, we're gonna tweet for thirty days. Let's all do this, and they can get feedback from each other. So a lot of times we think that a course is just about the instructor teaching to students, like a video course. Core-based course is not like that. It's more like a community learning experience. The creator, like like me, is more a facilitator. We're there to create the experience, but sometimes we can step back. So I think it's a great thing 
that we're seeing more and more online. But of course, at the same time, I am aware that it's a huge commitment. So people need to spend like five to 10 hours per week for like three, four weeks. And not a lot of people have that time. And not a lot of people want to learn in that format. They sometimes learn better. Hey, just give me the content. I can just read it myself and try it out, right? So I think it fits certain kind of people, but it's definitely not for everyone. So if you are like a creator, you don't want to bet all your eggs on that basket of cohort-based course. You definitely should have different ways of learning. So I'll tell you that book readers, course takers, and video course takers and cohort-based course takers, they're all different kind of people. And you need to serve all of them by creating different types of products. That's fantastic. And that just ties into your whole point on serving people in multiple different avenues as you've reiterated from the beginning. So I wanted to kind of get your take on, so how do you build multiple income streams? How do you become an expert? How do you become somebody that a community will rally around? Yeah, I think a lot of people, when they think about, hey, I want to be a thought leader in, let's say, building public, then the first thing they think about is like, oh, I need to keep talking about it like an expert so people see me as an expert. But I want to point out that, for example, in school, you don't become the leader by telling everyone that, hey, I'm very good at football. Let me be the leader. No one will elect you as the leader if you do it that way. But the important thing is you go around, you help people and say, hey, you want to learn how to play football? Maybe I can teach you a few tricks. I'm, I just learned a few last week. That by serving, by helping people, people will look at you and say, wow, you're really good at football. We, have a, we, we need a captain um, for the next season. Why don't you be the captain, right? So it's exactly the same on Twitter. Don't go out and just pretend to be an expert in something. A lot of times behind the scene, you can reach out to people, you can reply to people and say, hey, I know a little bit about this. You can even be honest. Hey, I am new to this, but I have some feedback for you or I have some perspective that we can talk about. And slowly, if you help people one-on-one, -on -one, through these channels, it's actually not that hard to get 30 to 50 people to say, hey, Kavon, you help me in this, the next thing you create in this topic, let me know, I'm, I'm happy to help you back. It's not that hard to get it. But the thing is, you just need to do things that don't scale, start with one-on-one -on -one conversations and relationships and let people elect you as the leader. So um, I wanted to end this off with, so what's the future of what you're doing and anything going on, anything that you can share with the audience today? I'm already doing quite a lot. <laughs> For example, running a course called Building Public Mastery, the book Find Joy in Chaos. And I think sometimes like we don't need to do too much as creators. It's not about creating more and more and more. It's more about improving the quality and also getting more awareness for what we already built. So for my plan, I, I think there's a lot more I can do to get my course and book out there to help people out. And I'm definitely not doing enough because, you know, as, as a creator, I like to stay behind the screen and just like 
create things, but I'm not doing the talking enough. So hopefully, now that the book is out, it's time to go out there and just put it in more people's hand. Collaborate. I want to collaborate with more people. So like communities or like any any people who are doing cool things that might need Twitter presence. I would love to collaborate with them. And yeah, I don't know actually. That's about it. <laughs> I know. Like, honestly, in my book, I t- told you like 18 months ago, I would never imagine myself to have a book or have hundred thousands of people listening to me. It was like out of question. But now I'm like, ooh, I finally feel that I have something to give back to the world. It's very different from running a startup with funding. It's so different. So I'm at a very happy place. Like I know there's a lot of talk about. Hey, you make you can be making less money as a creator, but the joy is like five times more, and I'm all for it. So thanks for having me here today. Yeah, that's awesome. How everything came full circle from you for from being content creator to now doing all these courses and having an amazing impact and amazing reach on people and just influencing people in a way that the internet is just so powerful now. <laughs>